0: The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to discuss a banger of an AEW Dynamite from this Wednesday, February 16th. Mike. Stock up, stock down. I feel like we have to start with the news that has rocked the pro wrestling world that everybody is talking about. That, uh, frankly, I I don't know that I have anything super nuanced or interesting to say about. But uh, Cody, one of the founding EVPs, is leaving AEW, reportedly over creative disagreements with Tony Khan and uh, just kind of a falling out. The two of them butting heads Um, and. I think uh, I think collectively, a-, a lot of people are shook.
0: Yeah, dude, it reminded me of when there's a big trade in the NBA, and all of Twitter is focused on that one thing for a few hours. This is the first time I think this has happened in wrestling Twitter since maybe AEW's initial announcement, where like everyone was watching the intro press conference and was it pep rally they did so. Um, yeah, this was shocking and Joel, I, you were busy with work, but I was texting you cause I needed support. Like I needed, <laughs> I needed someone to talk to cause, um, this was wild. It's we, we've, we've mentioned before that it was inevitable that WWE would potentially get someone from AEW, someone big, and it's not official yet, but it seems like Cody's going back home. Um, I just never expected it to be Cody Rhodes. Um, God, since 2016, since he left the other wrestling company, it's been, you know, talk about how it's about wrestling, it's about storytelling, it's not about money. you like, know, it's maybe it was always about money. I think that's the thing we should keep in mind here. It's always about the money. But I just, yeah, I never expected Cody to be the one who would leave. Cody to be the one who would potentially go back to or join the corporate WWE. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm conflicted because on one hand, I'm like we've talked stuff with Cody and brandy creative wise has been up and down to, to put it kindly over the last year Um, to the point where we don't really like it's about 50, 50 on whether or not we're going to like what they're doing or what Cody's doing. Um, But on the other hand, it's still Cody, man. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he has such a way with the crowd. He knows how to put on great matches. He knows how to get people invested, this meta heel face story that he's been doing has been really compelling. And it's been one of the more interesting things they've been doing over the last few months. So it's, it's, it's tough. I I feel like a free agent left my favorite football team and I'm just left reeling. Um, spoiler alert, last night's dynamite was awesome and it makes me think they'll be fine, but yeah, it's just, it's nuts, man. It's it's, it's crazy. I don't know. Why? I you saw me blow up your phone what what was your initial reaction when you
1: saw Mike's fucking panic <laughs> I mean it I was shocked at how little I reacted to it uh okay because it I mean it was surprising but I wasn't worried I wasn't worried about Cody and I wasn't worried about AEW I I don't see this as necessarily being a bad Thing It's just wrestling being wrestling and yeah. um it is a little bit surprising, especially given the, you know, uh, disdain that he has seemed to have for his former employer over the years and the way that he's integrated that into his promos. But as we know, like 95% of everything you hear in pro wrestling is bullshit. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a work and we all collectively got worked so (laughs) you know there's there's that element of it and and then there's also like i started reflecting on the run that he's had since leaving and you know putting a lot of independent wrestling on the map and Mm. i know it kind of coincided with the advent of ipay-per-view which has been like the single biggest game changer in independent wrestling uh, from a fan perspective because like I don't know about you. I'm not going to be traveling all over the country to see my favorite wrestlers perform. But if I can pay 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks to order an iPay per view because I'm bored on a weekend and want to watch some good wrestling, that's something that I absolutely will get down on. And Cody having his run, his kind of barnstorming tour on the Indies kind of coincided with. Pay per view becoming a bigger thing, and I think a lot of people got exposure to a lot of indie wrestlers that they wouldn't have seen had it not been for people wanting to follow Cody's post WWE career. And you know, it seemed wild at the time that someone like Cody would ask for his release from WWE and, uh, strike out on his own when it didn't seem like there were that many options. You know, there were rumblings of new Japan and, uh, ring of honor, of course had its fan base, but you know, it wasn't until Cody left WWE that I really started dialing into independent wrestling and paying Mm -hmm. closer attention. So, you know, he's an impactful figure in the history of, of pro wrestling. I think that's undeniable, and uh i think you know he'll be missed in that cody was always a bit of a wild card you know you mentioned how his segments were up and down in recent months and i think that was kind of part of what made him great was that you never knew what you were going to get but there was always that idea that when he picks up the microphone this could be magic you know this could be a tremendous promo Anytime he stepped in the ring for a match, there was that potential as well. You know, it's notable that his last two segments on AEW television were an amazing promo and an amazing match. Like mm-hmm. one of his best promos within the company, one of his best matches within the company. And he's definitely going out on top, you know, obviously not going out with a title because you don't do that in pro wrestling. But mm-hmm. uh, that's those were the things that kind of crossed my mind.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that we're not really speculating on the cause. Cause there's been a lot of stuff out there and comments from a W talent saying, no, no, he was loved. And then reports saying, no, no, we, we hated him. So it's, it, I want to just focus on, you know, what kind of his legacy on AEW, and then how the company and him are going to go their separate ways and how, what's going to happen going forward. And there's no a W without Cody Rhodes, <laughs> like, like, There isn't, you know, you can say the same thing for all the other EVPs, Tony Khan, um, but there is no AW with Cody. So first off, thank you. Like, like our, I think our wrestling fandom is a lot healthier now between like our individual wrestling fandom, Joel, because we found a product that we love and we enjoy. And when we complain about it, it's not like, I don't know when some, I remember when bad segments or bad stories would happen in WWE. I just wouldn't watch for a month. You know, I would take time off when I, when they're like, it would have been been easy after last year's revolution, after the exploding barbed wire death match, like, okay, I need six weeks (laughs) to recover from this, (laughs) but we were back on Wednesday night and we were there and we were ready. And I think, you know, it's, I love AEW. So thank you, Cody, for that. And I I think when we look at his run as a whole, he put so many people over, like, like they Darby Sammy say, MJF. Yeah. I mean,
1: the list goes on and on.
0: And even on matches that he didn't lose, he still his first TNT championship run. All the people he had and kind of those weekly showcases just made them look like, so Eddie Kingston's well, a it, huge star in AW and his yeah, first match was against Eddie, Cody
1: and Eddie Kingston only got in the door because of Cody's, you know, TNT open challenge and the groundswell from the fans that they wanted to see eddie kingston be the person to step into that spot but i mean another huge star that cody created within aew is ricky starks you know mm-hmm. ricky starks is another one who came in during the open challenge and got this spotlight moment and i know cody doesn't get sole credit for that and ricky starks is a very talented individual mm-hmm. and you know he was his star was on the rise in nwa before he came over to aew but that was a star making moment and it was possible because of Cody Rhodes.
0: Yeah. And now I just from his, you know, his position as, you know, an executive talent recruiter, whatever, he also sold like crazy in all those matches Brody Lee, <laughs> their first title match where he just got destroyed by Brody Lee. You think they're going to, if a star like Cody does says, I don't want it, the match to go this way, they're going to force him to do it. Cody's like no this is what we need to do and look how we remember Brody Lee now yeah you know it, he had he, the early stuff with um uh I can't I'm playing Dark Order it was a little you know up and down but that t- that title win over Cody just changed everything it legitimized him it legitimized the Dark Order um and then they had that incredible dog collar match a few weeks later that I kind I can't remember the last time I saw something like that before that match so um yeah I it's Joel. We were always big Cody supporters, even when things were bad and you know, you could read and hear the fans booing. him. we were always like, he serves a role. He is important. And I just wish if like he embraced this heel run, like he could have been the biggest heel in AEW if he really like embraced that. And that would have been cool to see, but Joel to yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: Well, I mean, I'm going to take a slight issue with that because I think if he had actually embraced being a heel, he would have gotten over. And the fans would have started cheering for him because (laughs) like- because
0: fans are annoying.
1: (laughs) He he had to toe the line and go with that really meta character because of the fandom and how fickle we all are. And I I think that's, as we've discussed previously, territory that's very difficult to occupy. And he did a really good job Mm -hmm. with that. So um, in terms of like all the backstage machinations, it's really funny to me. Like, I just wonder- have people not held a job before? Like, <laughs> some of your coworkers are going to dislike you. Some of your coworkers are going to yep. have very nice things to say. So, yep. I don't doubt that, you know, there are reports from the locker room that, you know, Cody was amazing and everybody loves Cody. And then there are reports from the locker room saying, you know, Cody sucks and we hate him and good thing he's gone. Like, anywhere you work, you're going to have people that don't like you and you're going to have, you know, people that are in your corner. This is the nature of being a part of a company and, you know, yeah. Having colleagues.
0: And people talking about, Oh, it just seems so sudden, dude, I've been in meetings with people. And then the next day they're gone. Like, yep. This person left the company. We got to move on. Like, and
1: there were reports around new years that he was wrestling without a contract. I mean, we all thought it was a work then, but, you know, yeah. we're the ones getting worked. Yep.
0: And and one thing, too, Joel, like the 90s, you, the amount of time like X-Pac has went back and forth between WCW and WWF. I don't know how many times. Like, I didn't realize
1: you had the pre-tapes where people were on both brands <laughs> in, in the same night, the same Monday. You could turn the channel and be like, hey, how's he over here? He was just yeah. over here.
0: Yeah, it's it's wild, man. So I, I want to kind of shift now to where you know, kind of how you think each party is going to be doing going forward. Like I tweeted it like within an hour. I'm like, AEW is going to be fine. Like they have a lot of talent. I think I mentioned to you. I'd be more concerned if it was like Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks leaving than Cody. But the thing is, it's wrestling. Stars leave. Like we can't be. So hyped that AW got Danielson, CM Punk, Miro, Malachi Black, Adam Cole, and then be shocked, frustrated, angry when one of aw's own goes the other way. It's gonna happen. Right.
1: You have roughly, you know, an hour and 35 minutes on Wednesday, and you have roughly 42 minutes mm-hmm. on Friday. That's all the television time that you have, right? So there's only so much to go around. People are going to leave. Contracts are going to be allowed to expire. People are going to be granted their release. Like these are all things that are going to happen. So, I mean, I, I think we're in this extremely online culture where we can't help but to read into it. But sometimes someone leaving a job is just someone leaving a job. Yeah, It doesn't have to be anything more than that.
0: It could be as simple as they offered him the bag. Dude, get your money. Like, like you're in a sport that is physical as hell. You can risk, you risk injury every time you step in the ring. Get the bag, dude. Like, I'm not going if to, if it comes out like two weeks from now, WWE offered him $5 million a year.
1: Fuck, do it. Like, 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 well, go, go you also it. pointed out that, you know, Cody has aspirations to do more than just wrestling mm-hmm. at this stage. WWE is still the better launch pad for that. Yep. AEW is lower profile. It's more exciting. It's cooler, but it's not going to get you into Hollywood movies. It's not going to get you onto a show that people will actually watch.
0: I mean, you don't watch the go big show.
1: I do not. (laughs) I accidentally watch about 30 seconds of it. When I let my TV continue running after dynamite goes off Mm -hmm. the air. Yeah. Uh, And
0: if there's, if there's a company that's going to help you with that, it is, it is WWE. And, you know, I think, Tony Khan has given us a product that we have basically shocking moments like every two or three weeks. Like I'm not worried about losing Cody. Look at last night's show. It was a banger dude. We'll talk about more specifics in lightning round, but everything about last night's show. I loved like it was such a fun show. Revolution is going to be an amazing pay-per-view and we have more debuts being teased. We have more dream matches being talked about. Like it's going to be fine. A W is going to be fine. Like, and Cody, He's gonna be fine too. Like if he wants to go yeah, to WWE and, and be a talent, and you know maybe they'll use him the right way. I would hope so. Like I really hope they use him the way that Cody Rhodes should be used, and Vince doesn't go all petty on his ass. Um, but you know it's gonna it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. AEW is fine. Cody Rhodes is fine. Bullet Club is fine. Joel,
1: <laughs> I I was surprised that we didn't see more Bullet Club is fine jokes on on twitter <laughs> following this news because that just seemed like the obvious overworked twitter joke and and nobody appeared to be making it or maybe i just didn't see it so on
0: on reddit i saw a lot of like posts making fun of cody's theme song so it was like adrenaline in my soul gonna go job to like veer on raw like stuff like that um so i don't know it's it's it is what it is but yeah what just i haven't had a uh Wrestling story breaks Twitter moment in a long time, so that was a fun Tuesday morning thing to wake up to. But also, they mentioned Cody on Dynamite too. Like they didn't, they mentioned him during the main event. How you know, Sammy won the belt from him just a few weeks ago. So it's it's well, just nice seeing know, that they're not erasing him. <laughs> yeah,
1: we know AEW is not going to pretend like Cody doesn't exist. It's not like he's going to be edited out edited out of future video packages and stuff like that. Like that's you know, this is a company that acknowledges wrestling history yeah uh including its own brief yeah. though it may be uh and so we that, promised that we were going to talk about this week's dynamite and i think we should actually get to talking about oh, this I, have week's so dynamite. Ma-
0: I have so many more things to say
1: we have gone <laughs> 17 minutes talking about Mine. something that did not happen on aw television so i think Mine. let's uh let's move on Here's- we're gonna just do an all lightning round episode um because there's so much to talk about lightning round.
0: That's me telling you to go first. I should have done a thumbs up or something. I don't know. (laughs) Joel, what do you have for me?
1: Uh, So I'm going to start with something kind of small. We can move through this quickly, but I really enjoyed the house of black vignette. Mm. And I like the tease of there being a third person who is part of the house of black and us not knowing who that is. So uh, we've got a classic pro wrestling, who's the third man situation. And uh, I think we can all benefit from that. So I'm excited to see this continue to develop. This match coming up should be awesome. And uh, yeah, I-, I expect that we will find out during that match, you know, who knows? Pac could be the third man. This could be the <laughs> end of Death Triangle and and Pac could become their, you know, evil apprentice.
0: It's interesting when they, um, before Brody King, Uh, debuted there was you know know, there's tweets and stuff promoting the story and stuff and they talked about how like one becomes three like malachi black tweeted Mm -hmm. something like that so like they've been teasing a third member we kind of kind of went to the side once brody king debuted because i think we kind of just wanted to give him a chance to establish himself but yeah i'm excited for this i have my guess of who it is um but i don't want to dive into spoilers or anything like that um but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I love the House of Black. I really love what they're doing there. Um, yeah, so Joel, I, I'm going to go to the opening promo. Uh, you talk about how, you know, AW recognizes wrestling history, not just their own. I love this promo from CM Punk leading us to the doll collar match by bringing up Piper in Portland and Piper and Valentine and their classic, um, was it 1983, I think? Starcade 83, where they had that match. I did some research. Sounds right.
1: Before I was born. I'll just leave it. Yeah, way before we were born.
0: But I thought that was really cool. And we all thought it was going to be Steel Cage. And I liked how Punk leaned in, like, I was going to thinking of Steel Cages and how I've lost more than I've won. And I like the message I've learned more from my losses. And we Mm -hmm. need to teach MJF a lesson. Mm -hmm. Oh, this promo was great. And we won't like, like I said, we, we saw one dog collar match in AEW so far, and it was wild. And I just, I can't wait for this match. It's going to be super fun. It's different too. You can always throw someone in a structure, but like, you don't see these matches often. Like if it even was like, what is a Bull rope match? Like I love mm-hmm. bull rope matches. They're super fun. Um, except when, you know, it's like 50 year old gold dust. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited for this. Joel, what'd you think of this promo and kind of where they're heading with this?
1: I really liked the way he opened it with his old line about Um, being straight edge and the the parallel between, you know, his that makes me better than you and MJF's I'm better than you and you know it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, clearly there's there's a a connection there and then pulling out the picture and holding it up to the camera. I mean, those were the two moments that really stuck out to me absolute masterclass. there's a reason why he has the moniker best in the world and this was great this is punk at his best
0: also props to mjf when he came out like he looked scared he looked scared you should be like this is not gonna be good for you my dude so yeah that was great joel what you got
1: Well, I'm going to obey the law and talk about Madude Hangman Adam Page,
0: (laughs) statute one one three nine. Joel must talk about Adam Page once an episode.
1: If he's on the show, I get a pass. If he's not on the show, he was on the show. I have to talk about him. Uh, I we got a long-awaited confrontation between Adam Page and Adam Cole, and there was so much good stuff in here. They really did a good job of giving a primer on these two and their history together Uh, being former tag team partners hangman kind of being the the heavy for the bucks and adam cole when they were in ring of honor uh and the we've always called you the other adam you know behind (laughs) your back like and that just being the thing that got under adam page's skin because and you know I, i thought this was really really good I liked when they started critiquing each other's skills as friends. Like, (laughs) you're a bad friend because of this. Oh, yeah. Well, you're a bad friend because of this. And it was, you know, what makes Hangman so endearing. And he was like, You're right. I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes, but you've made mistakes too. And one of those mistakes was stepping in this ring with me. And I thought, you know, (laughs) that whole sentiment was a really good way of taking something, acknowledging a real, thing that exists within the storyline because he has been kind of a shitty friend to the dark order uh and then diffusing that and bringing it back to pro wrestling bringing it back to the moment that was happening in front of the audience and i just thought this was a really Mm -hmm. well done segment
0: yeah and also like it's similar to the whole bucks kenny omega page story but it feels a little different and i'm hoping that red dragon being involved with this uh how it continue to feel different? Because I didn't want to see the same kind of, we were in the bullet club, elite bullet club together, blah, blah, blah. And now we hate each other. Like it needs to be different. And also when did Adam page become such a good promo? Like, like it kind of feels like it snuck up on me a little bit. Like since he's been champion, like he was a good, always a, like pretty good. But like, I just, everything he's done since he's won the belt, like he just has total control over it. You know, like he kind of knows like he needs to be a little more like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I don't know. There's just something about his style that I, I just think is really interesting. And he's he's, he's gotten, gotten really down good at, really well.
1: He's gotten really good at changing levels. And I think his Austin 316 moment was obviously, you know, when he first used the phrase cowboy shit and that, you know, got him over huge. And you know, since then he's gotten really good at being generally pretty calm and laid back and self-critical, but then there'll be that moment where all of a sudden he gets hyped up about something and now he's got that fire in his eyes mm-hmm. and his attitude is up to here. And all of a sudden it's a completely different countenance. And that's a really nice dramatic effect. I think that's something that he does very, very well. And is gradually built upon since that first, really quick promo where he, you know, delivered the I'm gonna go out there and do some cowboy shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and that being that moment that really set him apart and set him up to be, you know, the people's champion to, to borrow someone else's moniker. <laughs> What'd that guy well, ever you, get up to anyway? Yeah, I
0: know, right? You gotta be more than a catchphrase. And you see a lot of wrestlers get stuck in the thing where they can't do anything beyond the catchphrase. Um and Adam Page is being able to take cowboy shit and turn into a whole character, uh, which is impressive. So, but yeah, um, one thing related, this isn't my next item, but I wanted to talk about since we did bring up Adam Cole, it, it, the line of the night might've been, we, you all have beautiful children as he's talking <laughs> to the young bucks. in red, track. Like that. I laughed so hard when he delivered that line. Like it was so funny.
1: <laughs> well, let's take a hot second and talk about this. Cause it's connected. And mm-hmm. since you brought it up, I think, to your point, this does feel different. And part of what feels different is that the Bucks are still involved, but they're not about this. They are, you know, clearly upset with red dragon and Adam Cole beating up on Adam page. And we had that really great moment in the page Omega match where the Bucks came out and we're like, we're, we're not interfering. We're going to let this happen, but this is a big moment. We wanted to be here for it. And, to now where they're they're kind of playing it cool and being like, eh, we already did that. We don't want to do that anymore. But you can tell it's like, <laughs> we don't actually approve of what you're doing. And mm-hmm. like, what the hell is all that about? You know? And I really enjoy the kind of positioning of Adam Cole literally in between them and how at the yeah. end of that backstage segment. He took two steps to follow Red Dragon and then stopped and thought about it and took two steps to follow the Bucks and then thought about it and then yelled at Brandon and that was the end of the segment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're doing a great job with this kind of, you know, conflicted loyalty story. And the next thing I wanted to talk about, Joel, is the announcement that the AW World Tag Team Championship will be defended at Revolution with two teams yet to be determined by multiple battle royals over the next two weeks. Fuck it. I love it. We we talk about you don't necessarily need a story with some tag team championship matches. Just give us people who are awesome. And man, can you think of a better story than Red Dragon winning the Battle Royal next week and the Young Bucks winning the Casino Battle Royal in two weeks? And we have a triple threat match between Red Dragon, Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. Like, oh. Cause it already built into a story already established history between all of those men going back to God, pre full gear for the bucks and like, Oh, I love it. I think, I think that's the way they're going to go. And I really hope cause that's just so much star power in one match.
1: Like, absolutely. I mean, that would be great. And that seems like the obvious choice. What could also be interesting though, would be if, whichever team wins first between red dragon and the young bucks, then causes the other team to not win the subsequent Mm -hmm. battle Royal. And then, you know, there's that tension building between those two teams, which kind of telegraphs that, you know, the team that's in it wouldn't necessarily be winning the titles, but it could be a really interesting way to go to continue to build the animosity between these two groups. Something in this pressure cooker has got to explode. Uh, But I'm excited because AEW has demonstrated that they do these battle royals very well. And uh, I think this will be no exception.
0: And I'm glad that they're spicing it up because we've literally seen the other wrestling companies. Okay, we have a battle royal on Raw for Raw superstars. We had a battle royal on SmackDown for SmackDown superstars. They're both going like, at least the casino battle royal is different. And it, it like the tag team element of that makes it even more interesting. So kudos to them. Joel. What do you got for me next.
1: Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of criminal that we haven't talked about the main event yet. We got it was fine, Sammy Guevara <laughs> and Gary <laughs> Allen uh, uh, attempting to murder one another, uh, for a solid 17 minutes. And uh, this match was great. little bit of a bummer that we didn't get a truly clean finish, but yeah. I mean, it's free TV. What are you gonna do? We still got an excellent match, and um, it
0: still wasn't a DQ like that's the thing, it was a it was a you know meh finish, but they didn't have like, oh well, it's a disqualification or it's a double count out. Like someone still got the win. And Sammy was even like, Well, fuck, I have to win. Like I have to right. do this. Yeah. Fuck, it's the, fine, it's I'll do the it. Classic <laughs> shrug, but I'm
1: gonna finish the match anyway. Yeah. yeah. And like good God, that burning hammer looked <laughs> so brutal. Like yeah. the the bumps that that these two took in this match, like Sammy coming down intentionally on his knee on mm-hmm. that Spanish fly. And it's like, dude, y- you, your knees, you only get one set of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need or, to take care of
0: those. And didn't he do a sentence onto the, the ring apron, which Joel, yep.
1: Hardest mm-hmm. part of the ring. Um, second but, hardest uh, part of the ring, you know, the ring oh, post, yes. I've heard yes. is, uh, you know, solid <laughs> steel. So, so there's um, that,
0: but you know, when it comes to, you know, shenanigans at the end I don't mind this shenanigans these shenanigans those shenanigans because I'm excited I want Andrade Sammy and Darby Allen to be involved and the way this finish happened it's not like oh one of them's gonna like get involved it was personal on both for both of them and this could easily be translated to a tag match if they wanted to um or it could be a triple threat with Andrade Maybe that's why they've kept both belts around. They're going to have Andrade and Matt Hardy each wearing a TNT championship belt here for a bit. Oh, that would um, be funny.
1: Yeah. I would so, be down for that. I would not I, hate I know. that.
0: <laughs> so I'm really excited. that it's we're, we're in revolution season, so I'm doing all the fantasy booking in my head. But Joel, another thing I wanted to talk about, and I think it's criminal we haven't talked about. It. God, this episode was good. <laughs> was the uh, Lee Moriarty uh brian danielson match um i i don't know what to say other than it was fantastic the just technical brilliance throughout this match the point of the match where their legs were tied up and they were balancing on like their heads and yeah, just fucking and punching, punching each, each other. other yeah <laughs> like i've never seen that before and if like maybe not maybe at indie shows but not on tv and just the way they were getting in and out of each other's moves it was like seamless it was incredible Joel. I want to talk about the post-match promo, but I know you want to say something about this match. Cause I know you. So Joel.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was a clinic. This was technique on display and what it mostly was though, was Brian Danielson putting over Lee Moriarty in a loss, right? So like Danielson wins the match, Lee Moriarty gets the loss and comes out smelling like roses because he went toe to toe. He got to show off all of his fancy technical moves he has so much personality in the way that he comes out in his entrance and kind of skips to the ring. And uh, it's just really, really cool. And I want to see more of him on TV. So I love that he got this high profile match. That's going to elevate him in the Mm -hmm. eyes of the audience and presumably in terms of backstage and and seeing what he's capable of. So that was great. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, just, they hyped up this match as being a showcase of violence and it wasn't violence like we saw in the texas death match Mm -hmm. it was a very different kind of like bone snappy sort of violence which (laughs) is honestly what bothers me the most in like movies and tv Mm -hmm. Uh, i just finally watched black widow um and there's a lot of like pretty violent stuff in that and uh-huh. pretty dark material. The thing that bothered me the most was when David Harbour snapped that dude's wrist in the prison scene. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah. I I've seen it twice. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, not fun. But like when they're arm wrestling.
1: Pain, like bone snappy violence is is the kind that I, I can't abide when it comes to things. So
0: um uh, yeah. the bone the- snap at the pancakes and pile drivers in New York? Uh, that my old roommate screamed.
1: Shane Strickland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Strickland and uh, Sam, uh Sammy Callahan. Yeah. Um, we legit I, thought they had fucked up. We legit yep, thought yep. that Shane was Strickland so bad. had accidentally broken Sammy Callahan's arm because that was loud.
0: It's so It's the loudest, loudest like sound in wrestling I've ever heard. Because it was yeah. nasty. Um, but Joel, I want to talk about the post match here as well. I God, I love this promo from Moxley. Starting it off by talking about, you know, 10 years ago, I was this kid. You know, I was Moriarty, and I had the chance to face Danielson. And then he talked about how he's never beaten him. And I love the line at the end, like, I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. But I got to, like, basically, I got to bleed with you first. And I, I because we both want this faction to happen, but we also want to see him fight. <laughs> So this is the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's, it's having your cake and eating it too. And it's fantastic. I'm I'm very excited to see this match. Presumably this is going to be one of the headlining non-title matches at revolution. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a perfect place for it. Let's see a showcase of violence. That has been the theme of this, uh, angle. And, this is the, the best place to do it. Put it on pay-per-view. It's going to be a mess. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who probably are not going to enjoy watching it
0: because. Well, they both blade.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I right, can say that pretty confidently. Yeah. But yeah, this is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Um, God, Joel, there's still more to talk about. So let's go. What do you got?
1: Uh, So we got a tremendous no disqualification match between Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. And I really, really liked this Um, started off with a weapon on weapons spot with (laughs) Mercedes having the pipe and uh, Rosa having the chair. And of course, chair beats pipe because, you know, it vibrates in your hands and you have to drop it. So
0: can I say like the sword fight with weapons is like one of my, like I, I just mark out for that whenever it happens. Cause it's so fucking ridiculous, you know, just like you're just swinging weapons at each other like that, but it's just, I don't know. Just it adds something to these type of matches for
1: me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and this match just kept getting, you know, more and more violent as it went on. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if like maybe Mercedes Martinez hasn't done a lot of weapons matches I, I can't imagine that because she's been wrestling for like 20 years mm-hmm. but she was using things at different angles than we usually see like <laughs> the you know chop with a trash can lid like that's not typically how you do that and that yeah, looked, it looked like really it hit rosa really right in nasty it yeah,
0: yeah. I, I noticed that too and like she's when she swung the chair at thunder rosa at some point in the match like she was like hitting him like it was like in between, not necessarily on the back. It was like partly the hip, and like the sides. It was just not,
1: A not lot bad of looking. This match just looked really painful.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Thunder Rosa, queen of the hardcore match. Um, that's been our <laughs> calling card here, and uh, I, I, kind of loved the kind of you know respect shown at the end, and kind of okay. I was paid to do this. No hard feelings. Both of them seem to kind of be like reconciling and then Britt baker came out and beat them both. oh yeah cobra kai is all elite
1: <laughs> i guess what like, about random cameos last night <laughs> I, i'm probably the loser here but i have not watched a single episode so uh this I mean, did not do anything for me i got the reference but yeah it, it was also it in the original though so
0: but but and then we had fucking sabrina the teenage witch uh like second row not even promoting anything. Did you see her title card? It said actress and Nashville resident.
1: Well, she was, they promoted her podcast on commentary. So I guess,
0: but I had it just weird. Um, But anywho, um, this is probably leading to Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker too at a revolution. I was about to say all out. I'm like, no, I'm about six months too early. Um, This feels like someone who could legitimately take the title belt off of Britt Baker. Right. Yeah, like, I, I think I, so. I, okay, good. Because I spoiler alert, I will pick that in two weeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time. And I think Thunder Rose is just fucking incredible. She's so talented and always always a surprise with her ring gear. She went full um kill Bill today uh, last yeah. night, which I thought was a yeah, good look for her.
1: I, I loved that.
0: Um I'm trying to see. Oh god, how over is Eddie Kingston, dude? Did you hear that pop?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he that was been
0: gone that long <laughs> like,
1: that was huge and this match was really good and yeah kudos to both jericho and hager um they both look great right now like mm-hmm. seriously look like i mean hager looks like an absolute machine at the moment <laughs> i have never seen him in this good a shape and and jericho looks like he's slimmed down a little bit so you know that's that's positive as well um and it showed because like his cardio was clearly better in this match than it's been in in some mm-hmm. of his other recent matches. So uh, kudos to them for really showing up to this one because it would have been kind of a bummer if with all the buildup for this match, if they hadn't been able to put on such a really high quality match. And then I liked that the finish was, you know, Jericho's temper getting the best of him. And him going after Eddie Kingston and that costing them the match. So mm-hmm. really good stuff. Yeah. And that's it. That's all it's over. I think it
0: literally covered everything. And yeah, um, a potential Jericho Kingston match at, at revolution. Zoo? That cards going to be stacked,
1: dude. I, I meant the inner circles over. Cause I have one more thing that we have not. Oh, talked okay. About. Oh, okay. Um, I thought we were talking
0: about things we talked about. Good. Yeah. I hope the inner circle circles over. They can't really come back from this. Can they, can they like,
1: I mean, it's pro wrestling, so they can, uh, I would argue that they shouldn't. So.
0: Agreed. All right, Joel. Yeah. You said you have one more thing for us,
1: one more thing. And then a, a technical random observation of the week. Um, so, uh, but we'll get to the the, the last thing first, which is we got a Jay white promo. And I think it's really difficult to sound threatening and intimidating (laughs) as a Kiwi. Like, (laughs) It's just really, really tough. Like he's, he's saying all these tough things and I'm just charmed. I'm just like, Oh, he's got such a great accent. I can it's listen to that handsome. all day. <laughs> it just, it makes me think of uh flight of the concords, obviously. And Um uh, And uh, yeah, so, Oh, well, but I'm excited. He, I've been watching him on impact and he looks great. Um, he's developed so so much since i first saw him in ring of honor when he was on excursion as a young boy so uh yeah tremendous tremendous talent
0: yeah i'm really excited to have him here i hope it's no because we've seen some other NJPW guys come in and they're here for a few weeks and then they go away like he's someone that would i would like to have around longer but hey man He's facing Trent Perretta. I guess he got his last name again. It's confusing. They go back and forth on whether or not Trent has a last name. Um, but that should be an awesome match on Rampage. I I'm gonna check that out. And yeah, so Joel, I have the, I have the sound queued up. You thought you were sneaky, but I got you.
1: <laughs> I know you hate it.
0: Joel's random observation of the week.
1: Um, Eat your heart out, Randy Orton, because the best RKO in recent memory (laughs) was on this episode of Dynamite as Darby Allin did a suicide dive to the outside and got caught by Sammy Guevara in a cutter. Very Randy Orton style. (laughs) um, Immediately made me think of Seth Rollins at WrestleMania and made me think of Evan Bourne, now Matt (sighs) Seidel, uh, and the Shooting Star Press RKO. Uh, those, in my opinion, are the two greatest RKO's of all time, uh, and uh, this one I think is a close third.
0: Yeah, dude. I, it was clean. Doing, I know we have our Orton scale for power slams. We we have f- changed that to the Orton scale for cutters because I think we see more cutters than power slams.
1: <laughs> we do these days, that's for sure. Everybody's doing uh, cutters Joel, now. Joel,
0: you forgot the best cutter ever that happened just a few weeks ago: Sammy Guffaro Cody Rhodes off the top well, of the ladder
1: that didn't feel like an RKO though
0: oh okay I think I get what you're saying where he kind of like because Orton kind of catches you with
1: it in a way yeah, like it's a little different it's all a little right, different
0: all right. Cutter I'll give you RKO, that one.
1: Gunstun they all have their own flavor
0: I just looked up the 10 best Randy Orton RKOs I'm gonna have fun after this podcast is it just <laughs>
1: Seth Rollins and Evan Bourne alternating back and forth
0: um let's see. Uh number 1 is Seth Rollins. Number 2 is Evan Bourne. Uh number 3 is CM Punk in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't remember that one. Um this is bad audio cuz I'm just waiting to get to it. So I'll post that link later, Joel. We can we can debate RKOs all day. Um yeah. Fun fun dynamite. I'm excited. I was a little worried that I'd be kind of depressed and you know worried about there being no Cody, but The train moves on. Um, They're going to be Joel, AW. It's funny. I was going to make this episode all like the title, all about, like, oh, goodbye, Cody. Thank you, Cody. But now I want to just make the title of the episode, All Your Children Are Beautiful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think Bullet Club is fine. I think that's the Bullet Club is fine.
0: Okay. All right, guys. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can uh, follow Joel on Twitter at The Other Joel, me at Michael underscore Randa, and the Mm -hmm. podcast at the Other Wrestling Show. You can get the podcast. I got to record this. Tune in Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. We're there. Uh, you can email us at Show at gmail.com. And uh, Joel, uh, anything to say before I drag my ass to the gym? Join the Dark Order. If the Dark Order is back. Haven't seen them in a while.
1: Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.